Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. Well, hello everyone. It's Mark Connor here. Great to be with you at Bayside today for your online church service. Uh, thank you, Pastor Rob and Christy, for the opportunity. Always enjoy sharing with the Bayside congregation. So whether you're here in Melbourne or joining us from around the state or around the world or in a galaxy far, far away, welcome and really looking forward to sharing with you today. Uh, these are pretty crazy times. Can you believe it? Here in Melbourne, we're in lockdown 2.0 and uh, stage three restrictions, mandatory masks, and uh, all of this is having a huge impact on all of us, our health our well-being, uh, our social relationships, as well as the economy. I heard someone this week say, this is a generational catastrophe. Uh, well, whatever, it's definitely having a big impact on our daily lives. And so uh, all of this is ca causing a lot of uh, uncertainty, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress for people, and none of us are immune from that. And so I thought I'd take a few moments today to share a, a very practical, hopefully timely message with you entitled, How to Nurture your emotional well-being? How do you nurture your own emotional well-being? You know, I think it's important that we have a theology of self-care. Uh, those of us who are people of faith, to have a, a theology of self-care. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of verses as we start today. Acts 20 verse 28 is a record of Paul speaking to some leaders in uh, the city of Ephesus. And he says this, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God. And so he's encouraging the leaders, obviously, to care for people, to be good leaders. But notice the order. Keep watch or take heed over yourselves and the flock of God. You know, if you're a leader, uh, one of the dangers is we, we can be so busy looking after everyone else, organizing things for um, what needs to be done that we can neglect ourselves. Uh, Paul is actually establishing a priority of, hey, keep watch, look out uh, for your own personal well-being. Uh, a similar exhortation in Romans 12 verse 11, NIV, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor as you serve the Lord. You know, it's possible to serve the Lord, but not have that kind of passion and zeal that maybe you once had. Uh, the Message Bible says, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Be alert, servants of the master. It's possible to burn out. It's possible to run out of energy, to have a sense of fatigue and tiredness if we don't give attention to our own well-being. Uh, and then in Galatians 6 verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we, we, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know, most of us joining uh, for the service today, our problem is not doing bad things. Uh, come on, we're not bank robbers, we're not drug dealers, we're not terrorists, right? No, we're not doing bad things. Our problem is we could get weary or tired doing the good things that we're doing. Uh, we're, you're all doing some amazingly good things, but if you're not careful, you can become weary, tired, even burnt out doing the good that you're doing. And so we need a theology of self-care. You know, back when we used to travel, do you remember those days? Uh, have you ever been on an airplane before the airplane takes off? There's that safety spiel that we all are very attentive to. And somewhere in the safety spiel, they'll say, in case of an emergency, an oxygen mask will fall down. And who do you put it on? You put it on yourself. You ever thought how selfish that is? I mean, if it was a Christian pilot, they'd say, put it on your neighbor. <laughs> but no, put it on yourself. You know why? Because if you're not breathing, you're of no use to anyone else. And so self-care is a priority. In fact, I'd like to say to you, self-care is not selfish. 
fact, the big idea of this talk today is the best gift you can give those around you is your own well-being. The best gift you can give those around you, your family, people you're working with, your neighbours, is your own well-being. When you're doing well, everyone benefits. When you're not, when you neglect yourself, then not only are you not doing well, but that also affects those around about you. And so today, let's talk particularly about our emotional world. We could talk about physical health, spiritual well-being, financial health, relational health. There's a lot of aspects of self-care, but just for our time together today, let's talk about our emotional world. And you know, there are many ways to nurture your own emotional well-being. Finding things that give you joy, uh, taking time for rest, uh, relaxation, recreation, reflection, caring for our soul is really important. And there's a whole range of things and it'd be interesting for you to reflect on what, what actually restores you, what, what refuels you, what, what gives you joy. And are you doing enough of those things to keep your emotional tank, as it were, nice and full? You know, one of the keys to emotional well-being is uh, dealing with something we could call internal stress. Uh, you've all heard the word stress, stress pressure. And uh, if you're alive, then there's stress that you're dealing with. Um, there's a lot of external stress uh, that we're facing right now. I often share with uh, church leaders or business leaders, and they face some unique pressures of work that's never done and no boundaries unless they make it and not everyone likes them. You know, there's certain pressures that just come with the territory of being a leader. Um, and for all of us today, I mean, right now with this coronavirus, there's economic pressure, there's anxiety in the air, we've got a social distance from people, which is causing a lot of loneliness for many people. So there's a whole bunch of external stress that just kind of comes with the territory and we, we don't have much power, much control over that. But you know, the real uh, threat to us is not so much the external stress, but the internal stress, the stress we're carrying on the inside. I, I first heard about this uh, years ago, uh, by a man named Ken Williams, who was working with Wycliffe Bible Translators at the time. And he shared about this concept of internal stress. And it was very helpful for me. I'm going to put a diagram up now. Um, here's a picture of me back when my hair was really red. It's a long, long time ago. But it's a simple illustration. Uh, all of us have different capacity when it comes to handling stress. So looking at the diagram there, you'll notice if you've got 100 units of stress coping ability, that means you can handle 100 units of stress in your life and you're okay. You're still in balance. But if it goes to 101, you're over the edge. <laughs> uh, but here's the, the subtle or the insightful point for us today is imagine if you're using of your 100 units of coping ability in the area of stress, imagine if you're using 80 of those units on internal stress, how much external stress can you handle? It's not that difficult, only 20 units. If it goes to 21, you're over the edge. Have you ever seen someone who a little thing happened to them and they kind of lost it and you go, what was up with that? Maybe that was you. Well, could I suggest to you, it wasn't maybe the little thing, but maybe the little thing was one thing too many. And so internal stress is really important that we consider. And, and Ken goes on in that teaching to talk about three sources of internal stress. Number one is something called unrealistic expectations. You know, all of us, myself included, we, we have a lot of unrealistic expectations. And probably without knowing it, they cause stress in our lives. Uh, we have some unrealistic expectations about God. You know, if you think God should answer yes to every prayer, <laughs> how many know you're probably going to be disappointed? 
Um, we have unrealistic expectations about ourselves that we'll never fail, that we'll always have it together. And the truth is <laughs> we don't always have good days. We have unrealistic expectations about other people, that they won't disappoint us, that they'll always be on time, that they'll always keep their word and it doesn't always happen. We have unrealistic expectations about work, about life in general. You know, if you go shopping today and you're expecting every item to be in stock, <laughs> well, uh, there's probably a good possibility there'll be a couple of items out of stock. You know, if you expect everyone to social distance and uh, move out of the way when you come down the footpath, well, not everyone does that. <laughs> and so often it's our expectations. When they're unrealistic, it creates stress on the inside of us. That's the first source of internal stress. Number two is something called negative emotions. Emotions like anger and worry and fear and resentment and jealousy. Uh, have you ever been shopping and got a trolley with one wheel that didn't work? <laughs> I mean, how annoying is that? You know, it's squeaking and you're squealing and everything's more difficult. You know, one negative emotion is like that on the inside of you. It just makes everything uh, more draining and uses up a lot of energy, negative emotions. And then thirdly, something called unresolved conflicts. You ever met someone who was offended 10 years ago, but it was like it happened yesterday? You know, it takes a lot of energy to keep that kind of an offense alive. And so often we're using up internal stress capacity because there's an unresolved conflict that we haven't been able to sort out. And so, so these are three, there's probably many more, three major sources of internal stress. And so let's take a couple of moments today to have a look at what we can do about these things. First of all is to uh, develop realistic expectations and to find those unrealistic expectations and to reshape them. Um, God doesn't always say yes to every prayer. Sometimes instead of saying go, he says slow, not now. Or maybe he says grow. He wants you and I to mature. Or maybe he says no, it's actually not something that's in his plan for us. He doesn't always say go. And so just adjusting our expectations about how God works. Uh, what about ourselves? You know, some of us are unrealistic, even in just what we'll accomplish during a given day. When your day finishes, do you look back and go, oh, I had a good day, or do you look at what you didn't finish? You know, I love thinking about God as a time manager. In the week of creation, he made the light on the first day, and at the end of the day, he goes, it's been a good day. He doesn't go, oh, I haven't done this, I haven't done that. He celebrates in the day's work. And then God went to bed, or whatever, whatever God does at night, gets up the next day, does the next thing, and goes, it's been a good day. He's broken this project of creating a whole world down into six compartmentalized pieces that are sequential, that build on each other. And he celebrates what he accomplishes every day. You know, what about you? When you finish the day, are you looking at what you haven't got done or you're actually celebrating what you did accomplish? I'm thinking particularly of maybe some parents listening today that are working from home and now you're suddenly a homeschooler. <laughs> You know, um, what you get done in a day is probably going to be a little less than you could if the kids weren't there. And so sometimes just adjusting our expectations and being realistic about what we can do in a given day just lowers the stress on the inside of us. What, what about coronavirus? You know, how long is it going to be around? You know, if you're expecting this will be all over and gone in another week, well, you're probably going to be disappointed. In fact, I was reading uh, Jim Collins wrote a great book called Good to Great, and he talked about Admiral Jim Stockdale one of the highest ranking military officers who was a POW, a prisoner of war during the Vietnam War. He was uh, in prison for eight years. 
And it's a remarkable story of resilience. But later on, he was interviewed and asked, who, who didn't make it? And he said, you know who didn't make it? The optimist, <laughs> the one who said, we'll be out by Christmas. <laughs> Again, it's not an encouragement to be pessimistic. We, we must always have faith, but we must also confront the brutal facts. Now, I'm not suggesting coronavirus is going to be around for eight years or it's anything like a prisoner war camp, but sometimes we've got to be realistic. This could be here for a while. And the more our expectations match reality, the lower our stress will be. And so just embracing more realistic expectations. You know, when I was a young leader in church, uh, I had this expectation that I would solve all the problems in the church. <laughs> uh, the trouble was I found I'd solve one set of problems and a new set would arrive on the doorstep. <laughs> I had to adjust my expectations of a moment with no problems at all to realizing life is just a sequence of dealing with issues and problems. And it's not, why is this here? But okay, what are we going to do next? Just reducing stress by embracing realistic expectations. What about negative emotions? Um, you know, even the word negative kind of implies they're bad. Uh, emotions are indicators. It's a little bit like the red light on your dashboard. You know, if the red light comes on on your dashboard as you're driving, don't get the hammer out and smash it and go, I rebuke you, you negative thing. <laughs> no, no, the red light is your friend. It's getting your attention that something under the hood needs uh, looking at. And negative emotions are very much like that. And so if you're feeling anger or anxiety or resentment, you know, don't just attack that emotion. Ask yourself, what, what, what's it indicating? What needs attention? You know, sometimes we can process that ourselves. Sometimes we need some help. James 5 verse 16 says, confess your sins or your faults to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Notice that. Uh, confess your, your sins, your faults, the things you're stumbling over. Have a talk to someone about that. And sometimes the healing, the change comes in the process of uh, speaking about that with a safe person. And so, you know, we, we, we get a mechanic in, we get a plumber in, we get an electrician in. Well, if you're struggling with your emotional world, got a whole bunch of emotions using up energy on the inside of you, have a chat to someone. Talk to a pastor, have an online appointment with a counselor or a spiritual director. It's okay to say, hey, I need a little bit of help here. And then thirdly, unresolved conflicts. You know, life is all about relationships and it's inevitable that somewhere, somehow, someone will offend you. If you haven't been offended, then, you know, you haven't lived long or you need to get out a little bit more because it happens. People can annoy us and it's more what we do when we are annoyed that matters. You know, Paul said, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Last time I checked, the sun was going down about every 24 hours, which means as quickly as possible address that issue, that conflict. Now, it takes two people to resolve a conflict, to have a good relationship, but even one can make a difference. And so do your best to uh, have that courageous conversation. You know, Paul says, speak the truth in love. <laughs> Some people are truthful but not very loving, and it just escalates the conflict. Some people are so loving they never do speak the truth, and it never gets resolved. We need the courage and the consideration to raise the issue and do our best to resolve that conflict so that it doesn't continue to eat up the energy on the inside of us. And so today, I really just have a heart for you, for your own well-being. We're in an anxious environment. There's a lot of external stress and much of it we don't have control over. But we can give attention to ourselves. We can look within and go, how am I doing? I want to ask yourself uh, today, how are you doing? 
How's your internal stress? Are you using a heap of your capacity up on stuff on the inside? Uh, how's your expectations? Would it make a difference if you just tweaked and adjusted and made your expectations a little bit more realistic to match reality? Uh, what, what about some negative emotions? We all have them. Have you got one or two that are really dominating and just taking up all of your uh, energy at the moment? Don't, don't ignore that. What about conflicts? Um, is there a conflict that's maybe been there a long time? Is it time to let it go? Is it time to forgive? Is it time to just make a phone call? Hey, hey can we chat? Uh, don't neglect that issue, if at all. doesn't mean you'll be reconciled, but we can at least do our best to resolve that conflict. And so what could you do today to lower the internal stress that you're carrying? And see, here's the key. If we can get our internal stress as low as possible, and we've got all this capacity to handle the inevitable external pressures that come from home and work and family and doing life in our world. And so that's my encouragement to you today. The best gift you can give those around you is your own well-being. And so what would it look like for you to nurture your own well-being? Love that psalm where David says, he restores my soul. Our soul is our mind, our will and our emotions. God's not just interested in your spiritual life. He's interested in your emotions, what's happening there. And so the best gift you can give others is your own well-being. And ultimately, you're responsible for the condition of your soul. Other people can help, but you need to take responsibility for that. And so I want to pray for you today that God would help you to nurture your own well-being in increasing ways, particularly in this season of our life. Let's pray. Dear God, we acknowledge this is a stressful time. This coronavirus pandemic right around the world, we watch the news and we can just feel the anxiety and the fear and the uncertainty. Uh, health and financial pressures. And so today I pray for each one joining the service today that you would refresh them, refresh their souls today, renew their mind and just touch them in their emotional world today. Release them from unnecessary stress. Help us just to embrace realistic expectations about you, life, people and our world. Uh, help us to process some of those negative emotions we may be grappling with today. Help us do our best to resolve those conflicts. And as we lower our internal stress, you will enlarge our capacity, increase our resilience so that we can not only survive, but thrive in this season and be in a position to be a blessing and to overflow your life that's in us to those around about us. I pray for those joining us today that may not know you. Even right now, your spirit would come near to them. Reveal yourself to them. Show your great love for them, embrace them, envelop them with your grace today. Pray for our leaders, Rob and Christy and the board and the staff and all the volunteers. Bless them today for all the hard work. Continue to give them wisdom and strength and courage. And I pray for Bayside to continue to be a beacon of hope during this time of uncertainty. Bless each one of us today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. Great to share you with you today. Uh, stay well and safe. God bless. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.